Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm, and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm slash partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to The Signal, Episode 9, Swan. Russian ballet dancer Rudolf Nureyev, a principal member of the Soviet Union's Kirov Ballet, slipped his minders in the Le Bourge airport in Paris and defected to the West. Amidst escalating tensions in the region, President Kennedy has sent helicopters and 400 Green Berets to South Vietnam to contain the Viet Cong. In what is being called the Bay of Pigs invasion, 1,300 Cuban exiles, backed by the U.S. government, invaded the island nation of Cuba in an attempt to overthrow the government of Cuban dictator Fidel Castro. The Soviets have exploded a 58-megaton bomb dubbed Tsar Bomba, said to have a force equivalent to more than 50 million tons of TNT, which is more than all the explosives used in World War II. Celebrated writer Ernest Hemingway was found dead of a shotgun wound to the head in his home in Ketchum, Idaho. Two, zero, zero, one, five. Two, zero, zero, one, five. Two, zero, zero, one, five. We're in ten miles of Lebanon now, sir. We've made excellent time. Good driving, Phillips. It's a miracle we made it at all, seeing as we nearly broke an axle back there, falling out of the sky and all. But we didn't. Are we ever going to talk about what happened last night, Mr. Swan? No. Are you at least going to tell us? No. Leave it be, miss. Please. Please. Fine. Ready, young man? Yes, sir. Roll down your window, Phillips. Go ahead and stick your head out of the window, Timothy. My brother's not a dog. I'm not asking him to sniff the air like a bloodhound. Do you hear it? I don't know. Yes. I think I do. I hear it. That way. Go that way. To the right? Toward that big water tower. See it? I do. Ah! It's too loud! 
Here, put this over your ears and don't take them off until I tell you to. What are those? Earmuffs? Passive hearing protectors. They're a prototype from the Air Force Research Laboratory with an active noise control design. Pull over near the mailbox, Phillips. Yes, sir. Now what? Three of you, wait in the car. So we're just supposed to sit here? That's how Mr. Swan prefers it. He likes to talk to people on his own. <laughs> you know, uh, in case he needs to kill them. <laughs> That's not funny, Bobby. There's a pond. I see it. There's ducks. Can I go visit the ducks, Becky? Please? Mr. Swan said to stay in the car, Timmy. Here, I got some old packs of crackers in the glove box. Ducks like crackers. Maybe your sister will let you feed them. Can I, Becky? Can I? We can see him from here. We'll keep an eye on him. Oh, all right. Go ahead. But don't you dare get your trousers wet. And don't take off those earmuffs. He's just a little boy. It's not fair. He's a good kid. What chance does he have at a normal life? With you in his corner, miss, he's got the best chance there is. You um, glad to be back home? This isn't my home. I don't mean this farm. I mean here in Kansas. It's not my home anymore. You're not going back to your uncle's farm? He betrayed us once. He'll do it again. Where will you go, Becky? I don't know. I don't yet know. Do you know the folks who own this farm? Says Michael's on the mailbox. See? No. I don't think so. We didn't live out this way. My uncle's farm is to the east of there a good five miles. And what kind of crops do your folks grow? Nothing so exotic as oranges, if that's what you're asking. Just plain old yellow corn. If you don't mind, Bobby... I'm not interested in small talk right now, okay? Okay. Sure. Okay. Are you Mr. Michaels? That I am. And who might you be? An autumn frost is in the air today. I can feel the coming of winter in my bones. My name is Swan. The agency sent you? This is supposed to be an off-book operation. Classified top secret. Highest priority. I've got the highest level of security clearance. They didn't send me specifically. I'm doing fail-safe security reconnaissance. The site is secure, sir. The radio tower is hidden in the water tower structure. Nobody around here is none the wiser. That's real wheat growing in those wheat fields. A working farm in the middle of farm country. Nowhere is the best cover there is. The signal has to be maintained 24 hours a day, without fail. I am well aware of that. I have a family. I know what the stakes are. Is that your family you've brought with you? No. The location of this site is one of the most closely guarded secrets in the entire country. If word got your out- Your cover is secure. I'll neutralize the people who are with me after I leave. You have nothing to worry about. Here, I've brought you this. A stick and a rock? 
They're both seismic intruder detection devices. Ah, I've heard about these. New tech. Never seen one, though. They can sense movement from up to 300 meters away. I'll set them up at the base of the tower. But I do have a lot of other safety measures in place, rest assured. I don't doubt it. Keep up the good work, Michaels. Guardians never sleep. They do not. They certainly do not. Good day, Michaels. Take care, Swan. Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. Swan, Mr. Swan, come see the ducks. Can you hear me? If you talk loud, yes, sir. Are swans like ducks? They're both waterfowl with feathers. But beyond that, no. I saw you. You saw me? In your true skin, when you were looking up at the spaceship. Maybe you were mad. I don't know. But I saw you. And what did I look like, Timothy? Don't worry, sir. I won't tell nobody, especially not Miss Nosy Parker Becky. It's just between us. I promise. I cross my heart and hope to die. You should never hope to die. It might come true. Only if I tell, sir. And I won't. What is my true skin? Like a ball, but glowing. You're floating right in the middle of the air. All around you, lots and lots of colors. More colors than a rainbow. It was right beautiful. Like one of those colored glass windows in a big church. And you actually saw this? Yes, sir, and I'm glad of it. Because we're friends. Right? Right, sir? Sir? Good afternoon. Afternoon. An autumn frost is in the air today. Let's skip the banal formalities, Rosemary, now that our cards are on the table. I wasn't aware we were engaged in a game of cards, Mr. Swan. Bridge, perhaps? More like three-dimensional chess. Fine. Let's drop all pretenses. Why not? Let's live dangerously, shall we? We've both been doing that for decades. True. Clearly, you received my message. No other number station features Pop Goes the Weasel. No self-respecting spy would choose that absurd nursery rhyme. Every night when I go out, the monkey's on the table. Take a stick and knock it off. Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> Who knows what it means? Who even cares? Rather a jaunty little tune, if I do say. Reminds me of the drinking songs we sang in the pubs during the war. Ah, oh, those bygone glory days. There's nothing glorious about war. Using the zip code of this park as the number sequence was rather on the nose, don't you think? I didn't even need to crack open the code book. It worked. Here you are. You sent a spacecraft after the boy. You used the boy to spy on me and my tawdry little motel love nest. Not to spy on you, to unmask you. 
I wanted to be certain you are what I've always suspected you are. And you are. You weren't hard to track to that motel. Getting sloppy in your dotage? Or just besotted with your latest Earthling paramour? But Colonel Sobek of all people. Really? That's who you chose to turn? Mm. A perk of seniority. Or senility. The boy saw through your camouflage. He called you an insect people. Mm. Not flattering in a humanoid context, but not wrong. That makes you a double agent. Oh, no. My pedigree is much more complicated than that. Triple agent, at the very least. Quadruple? Mm, I've lost count. MI6, CIA, the inhabitants of a hospitable planet orbiting Proxima Centauri. You needn't know which. Planet of the insect people. Don't hurl that at me like a slur, swan. We have simply created altars and facsimiles that are acceptable to humans as earthbound life forms. As you've done as well. And it suits you. Oh, your debonair persona you wear like a tailored suit. A little too Ashley Wilkes for my taste. I prefer Red Butler. But be that as it may. But you shouldn't be the one to deign to put on airs. You're a double agent or triple agent as well, seeing as you're with the Americans and the Russians. I'm on the side of detente, whatever side that may be at the moment. Our respective planets have the same goal. We do not. Your species intend to colonize this planet. Not right away. We're just keeping our hand in so our options are open. An abundance of nuclear fallout might put an end to our plans, but we can wait. You still seek to make the Earth your own. And your species does not. You're just observers. We're not colonizers. Oh, please. You've got all the way from the constellation of Cygnus to study humans, to look out for their best interests. Very altruistic of you. 1,400 light years, 8.2 quadrillion miles. At the speed Earthlings can currently travel, if they left today in one of their pathetic little rockets, they would show up on your doorstep in about 187 million years. They are no threat to you. You're subjecting yourself to an eternity of unrelenting loneliness for what? For nothing? Oh no, I don't buy your explanation, Swan. You must have a damn good reason to be here. I do. I was sent here to keep this planet and all its inhabitants safe from the machinations of their own kind. That's what I'm doing here. I obey orders from above. Information is currency, I traffic in information. I act as I see fit under exigent circumstances. My mission is not complicated. You gather information like a squirrel gathers nuts yourself. And so, you have sacrificed your life, which should have been spent snug in the bosom of your family, for the sake of information gathering on an obscure planet in a remote galaxy. Oh, how martyr-like. How tragic. We should join forces, Swan. We both work for the CIA, Rosemary. Our forces are joined at the hip. I mean, in our true guises. No. But I will admit it serves both our interests to be circumspect. And to that end, I sent a crew to collect the debris from the spacecraft you destroyed. <laughs> My so-called UFO. That was
was rather aggressive of you, don't you think? Shooting it out of the sky like a clay pigeon. We only wanted to examine the boy. Would you have returned the boy when you were done? Mm, to be honest, doubtful. I find it much easier to dispose of biological material as an abundance of caution. The boy could see me too. In your true form? Yes. And you didn't see that as problematical? I did. So I disposed of him, along with his sister. I shot them both with my Walther P-38 and buried them in a fallow farm field in Indiana. Deep, I hope. Fifteen feet down. I used tobacco. And I burned their bodies first. I collected their teeth from the ashes and tossed them in a river miles away. They will never be identified. The boy and his sister were both orphans. Nobody will look for them. Just a couple more people on a list of those who vanish each year. Possible UFO abductees. And Phillips? He'd become attached to the pair. He's in the same ditch burned to cinders minus his teeth. You always have been the most ruthless of us all, Swan. Phillips left me no choice. I couldn't salvage him. Humans can be very... Sentimental. Yes, to their detriment. This does leave me in a bit of a pickle with main justice. I'm sure you'll find a way to disappear Phillips from our roster. You always do. True. The problem I now face, Swan, is you. Me? You know what I am. You verified my true skin, and... You've rejected my offer to work in concert. We do work in concert, and we have for years. I know what you really are. You know what I really am. Detente. I believe it would be in my best interest to eliminate you entirely from this equation. I have snipers all around us. My people, or creatures if you prefer. Every rifle sight is focused on you. You won't give the orders to shoot. And why not? Because if my brethren fail to hear from me at least once in every 24-hour period, they will demolish this planet instantly, obliterating every living thing, including insects, including you. You're the dead hand. You're the signal. It makes things simpler that way. How can you possibly communicate with your home planet from 1,400 light-years away? In a way you or your heartless species could never understand, Rosemary. You're bluffing. I'm not. But there's only one way to find out. You'll have to decide if you're willing to take that risk. (sighs) Touché, Mr. Swan. You've won this hand. It's not a victory. It's a stalemate. Goodbye, Rosemary. Godspeed, Swan. Stand down. I repeat, stand down. Target cancelled. Roger that, ma'am. And send someone to get me a tea. Roger that, ma'am.
Good evening, Dayton, Ohio. This is Evan Bell coming to you from the studios at WKOR. Welcome to UFOs Tonight, the show that tells it like it is about all things UFOs. Did you hear that weird sound? Tonight, we're going to scrutinize another shortwave recording, but this one is not from one of those mysterious number stations. How do I know? Because there's no numbers or letters anywhere in it, and the recording doesn't have any initial interval signal. Nope, this signal broadcasts seven days a week, 24 hours a day from an unknown location. Our guest tonight, Lance Tucker, editor-at-large of Flying Saucer Weekly, has found evidence to suggest that this signal is actually a beacon to guide interstellar aliens straight to our planet like an auditory lighthouse in the dark of the universe. We'll hear Tucker's theory in just a minute, but first, let's pay some bills and please our sponsors. Excuse me? Yes, sir. What can I do you for? Is this your field? Well, that's what the property deed says, so I'm inclined to believe it. Would you mind if I walked up to the top of that hillock? Got no cattle grazing in this field right now, so I don't see why not. Not much of a view of the city from up there, though. If you're looking to see city lights, I'd advise you to go down the road about a mile or so. I won't be looking down. I'll be looking up. You one of them stargazers? Hmm. Something like that. Feel free. <laughs> but if you spot one of them UFO flying saucer things, give me a shout. I'll come running. I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> Thank you. According to the map, we need to go south when we get to Denver. That's how we'll get to Albuquerque. And we can pick up Route 66 from there? That's what it shows. Okay. How's he doing? Fast asleep. Poor little thing is all worn out. Mr. Swan shouldn't have given him all that candy. I think they had some kind of deal. Well, it's bad for his teeth. It's all gone now. Do you have any regrets, Bobby? You mean going on the run? You gave up your job. This is my job. Mr. Swan was real clear. Take you and Timmy far away and lay low. Those are my orders. He gave us this car just for that purpose. What will you say to your father when we get to Santa Ana? I don't know. I'll let the moment guide me. You're sure about bringing me and Timmy with you? My dad's a good man, Becky. I'm the prodigal son, not the other way around. When we get to Arizona, I think we should take a detour to Las Vegas. We can head north from Kingman. It's not far. You mean for a vacation stopover? No, not exactly. I heard they have these drive-through chapels. Drive-through chapel? Mm-hmm. Where couples can get married. You... You want to see one of those? Get a postcard for a souvenir? <laughs> I, I think it would sit better with your father if his only surviving son brought home a wife and not some 
penniless orphan girl he met on the road along with her kooky brother. I want to understand this, so please be patient with me. Are you saying we should get married, Becky? I'm suggesting it. Maybe you could give it some thought. Yes. Yes, you'll give it some thought? No. Yes, I will marry you. Because I'm pretty? No. I mean, yes, you are pretty. Because it would be a privilege to raise the boy with you. Together, I think we could keep him safe. I don't love you yet, but I do like you. A lot. I appreciate how good you are to Timmy. How protective you are. And how brave you've been. I don't know a lot about these things, but I think... If we both work at it... Love will come in time. So do I. Take my hand, Bobby Phillips. And don't you dare ever let go. I won't. Anastasia. Alexandra. Bayu, bayu, shti bayu, ni ilaz resya na kreyu, ridiot siri kibachok, iu huatet zabachok, iu taishit valasok, patra hito me kusto. The Signal is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Produced by Fred Greenhalgh and Marco Palmieri. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Perry King, Marta Cross, Adam J. Smith, Tracy Winters, Time Winters, Harry Gawillam, Tom Beyer, Jeff Blumberg, Mark Irvingson, Jackson Gawillam, and Jennifer Taub. Sound design and editing by Charlie Randazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.